most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Flex Podcast right here on the Action Network. Dane Martinez and Samantha Praviti looking back at week three and getting you ready for the waiver wire and all the moves you need to make to continue your win streak going in to week four of the fantasy season. Samantha, I got to say, you know, in the first few weeks of the season, all I hear about is overreaction stuff, right? And how bounce back is going to happen with some players. But the question really is, how long long do you wait on some of these guys? So what we're going to do is play a little game and we're going to call it patience or panic. I want to see kind of, is it DEFCON 5 or not much to worry about with some of these guys position by position? This is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. The first guy I want to ask you about was a first round pick everywhere and that's austin eckler the running back out of the los angeles chargers now we know the chargers have been banged up a lot okay whether it's herbert whether it's the offensive line whether it's the defense but people expected especially in ppr leagues for austin eckler to return rb1 numbers and that's not necessarily the case so with eckler samantha is it uh panic time yet or should we exercise patience It's a little bit of panic time, I would say, because he has 80 rushing yards through three games. Definitely not what you want to see. I mean, he has not even broken the double digit point mark in standard scoring right now. So it is not great. Um, I know that the Chargers are dealing with a whole bunch of things. They just lost their left tackle. They um, Mm -hmm. I mean, Justin Herbert's been really banged up. I don't. A side note, don't even understand why he was out there that long in that game. I spent the because... like three touchdowns. <laughs> right. At some point, it's like, okay, today's not our day. Let's rest up and right. maybe not get another <laughs> shot that could, you know, puncture your lung oh, or something God. like that. Yeah, I'm with I mean, you. They, I'm the with... Jaguars pulled Trevor Lawrence before right. <laughs> the Chargers pulled Justin Herbert. Like, I don't know what that's about. But, I mean, certainly that is a huge downgrade, I think, like overall to the whole Chargers offense. I mean, they put him out there that I thought that that meant that that was like he would be fine he didn't look fine and everyone kind of struggled on that team so I'm uh, I'm panicking a little bit I do have Eckler on one team but like you can't sell him right now so I uh I think right now he's he's being downgraded into that RB2 tier which is a significant downgrade considering he was like top three in most drafts uh you could have argued top two in a ppr draft so especially in ppr right like i mean he had a ton of receptions and is utilized in that offense the one other reason i'll say samantha that i'm also exercising patience here is because i expect keenan allen to return in this offense and i think that will be a big deal here just in terms of where the defense has to put their attention and kind of opening up the field i also don't necessarily expect the chargers to be in the same kind of games they have been in you mentioned what is he downgraded to an rb2 if you drafted austin eckler you still have to start austin eckler i'm freaking out man you are freaking out man 
However, I don't know if that's the case with the next guy I'm going to ask you when we're talking patience or panic, and that's wide receiver of the Chicago Bears, Darnell Mooney. Now, a lot of people thought that he was like a sexy name to kind of ascend to be Bears wide out one. But I ask you, what kind of production do you think you were going to get from the Bears wide out one in the first place? And this offense is looking piss poor in the monsoon, you know, barely moving it against the Houston Texans. If you drafted Mooney, is he still even starting caliber? Are you exercising patience or is it time to panic on Darnell Mooney? It is actually full panic time for Darnell Mooney. I would say uh, I actually just ran a Twitter poll last week and that's, you know, only two weeks into the season. And I was asking people who they were panicking about the most. And, you know, you had to take some things into consideration. Like for instance, you dropped more draft capital on Kyle Pitts, for instance, or or Austin Eckler to your point, than a guy like Darnell Mooney, but still like no one has any faith in Darnell Mooney. And the thing is, is that we've seen this movie before. Allen Robinson was the wide receiver mm-hmm. one in this Bears offense last year, and he was absolutely terrible. So the fact that, I mean, I I, I understand the logic, like you want to have a wide receiver one, even if it's on a bad offense, but this is maybe like extra bad. And I like that uh, saying that you said last week, what was it? Like you'd rather have a small slice of the pie than a big slice of the grape. It's true. I'd give you a slice <laughs> of a watermelon instead of half of a grape. And to be quite honest, Samantha, that I feel that way about the Austin Eckler. It's all good. Cause I believe in the chargers offense in general. Meanwhile, this bears offense is really one of the worst in the league. So I am jumping ship, not only on Mooney, but on a guy like Cole Komet as well. And even in two quarterback leagues, you know, Justin Fields can only do so much with his legs to actually make yes. it really kind of profitable for your fantasy team. Well, I, I got to tell you something though, Samantha, another offense that I don't know if I want any piece of right now, I thought I might have going into the season is Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Let's ride. But they are not riding pretty much at all. It honestly looks like Nathaniel Hackett can't hack it. It looks like they can't figure out this offense. I don't know if you saw on Sunday Night Football, they kept on making the point that when Aaron Rodgers started in this brand new offense, it was slow for him as well. But I think Chris Collinsworth said like two MVPs later, it's all good. And that they expect the same from Russell Wilson. Now, I love the weapons. I love Sutton. I love Judy. I love Javante. But uh, what's your level of concern when it comes to Danger Russ? I am very concerned. I had a tweet go viral last night about what was Russ cooking. Uh, I had the Nightful chicken. So, yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I am pretty concerned. I mean, it, you don't have to be a football expert to watch that game last night and just be like, what in the world is going on with both of these teams, to be honest? I mean, it was mm-hmm. just like, and in, in the end, it was like the safety, Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo two-step. <laughs> General Opsky part two. <laughs> exactly. That ended up being the difference in the game like that's how bad this game was so it uh yeah I mean I, I'm definitely panicking because I like a lot of people with I was pretty high on the Broncos I was pretty high on Russ I thought this O-line can't be worse than Seattle's that he's been dealing with and he's got great weapons right. and he had good weapons in Seattle to be fair but he has great weapons kind of all around I had question marks about the the coaching staff and it seems to be like that that could be a, a major pain point this whole season like it's like they're allergic to the red zone or something or and then they, it's just like how much did they pay 
for Russ to mm -hmm. go three and out, like how many times? I mean, it was just punt, 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 punt again and again. So it's, I, if they can't get anything going. I mean, there's like flashes of it. Like that final drive where Russ started to use his legs, you started to see flashes of that vintage Russ. And that's the thing that all of his like best plays that you think of are like the ones where he's like scrambling and like, he's like 20 yards out of the pocket. And then he throws like some crazy, uh, like Hail Mary <laughs> touchdown that makes no sense to anyone. But right now I am panicking and panicking a lot on uh, the entire offense. So I hope that this is just growing pains, but there's a good chance that this could be a whole season of growing pains. Yeah. And you know, in my heart, I want to exercise patience, right? Because we know who Russell Wilson is, an MVP caliber quarterback. We talk about the weapons he has around him, but I just don't know if it's like a fit with this new Nate Hackett kind of offense. I would exercise some patience. I wouldn't drop him. Let's put it this way. I wouldn't drop Russell Wilson. Right. I would, however, look to some other guys that are having fast starts to maybe even start over him. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I'd start Jared Goff over Russell Russell Wilson these days. And again, it's because of the kind of success of the offense overall, at least at this early part of the season. Well, now here on Fantasy Flex, though, Samantha, we always do it. Let's take a stock of what injuries happened over the last week and kind of where we go from here, what's a big deal and what the natural pivots are. And it seems like every single week we've got a starting quarterback that goes down. This time it's Mac Jones in the New England Patriots. Very late in that game, you saw him hobbled, needing help to get off the field, needing help to get into the locker room. They're saying they think it's a high ankle sprain, which carries like a four to six week timeline. And so enter Brian Hoyer of all people. What does this mean for the Patriots skill position players that you do have rostered, right? Maybe you do have a Devontae Parker or Nelson Aguilar, or more importantly, one of these running backs, Harris or Stevenson. What happens with the Patriots offense for fantasy purposes now? Yeah, it wasn't an offense that a lot of people had a ton of shares in to start with. Like, I thought that the running yeah. backs had some appeal, even though, you know, there's always that element of Bill Belichick and his running backs are just unpredictable. Right. Now, for the pass catchers, like, I, Mac Jones doesn't offer, like, a ton of upside like some other quarterbacks. So it was always kind of like the best they were going to do is kind of like a wide receiver three. And, you know, De Devontae Parker is coming off of this awesome game, but that was because in part due to Jacoby Myers missing Injury. the game as well. So there's there's a lot of guys on that roster, not a ton of them that are like standouts though. You know, they've got Janu, they've got Hunter Henry, they've got Nelson Aguilar, Devontae Parker. I don't know which one you even want in a perfect, like with Mac Jones healthy. Now with Mac Jones not healthy, I, I think that there's not one that I would feel comfortable starting at, as a pass catcher now. Uh, I think Damian Harris, like that could hurt him a little bit for sure. Um, I mean, they may need to end up leaning more on the run game, but he's already got a pretty hefty workload. So I don't know how much they can lean on him that much more. Like, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson could see a little bit more like short yardage work just because that could be what all that Brian Hoyer is capable of at this point. I mean, we could see some Bailey Zappi at this point. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Please, no. I was fading all preseason. I was fading Zappi. 
Zappy. As soon as he got into games for the Patriots, I was betting against them live. To great success, I might add. Samantha, I'm with you here. I'm actually concerned for the shares of Damian Harris that I do have. And here's why. As they move to Brian Hoyer, they're in Lambeau Field next week, okay, against Green Bay. And if I'm the Green Bay defensive coordinator now, I'm putting everybody in the box. Like job one, two, three, four, and five is stop the run game. You know what I mean? I understand Mac Jones wasn't kind of a dynamic arm, but he was functional. You know, he took what was given to him. And now I'm forcing Brian Hoyer to try to beat me over the top, you know, and I'm saying it's not going to be Damian Harris. So I actually wouldn't mind downgrading Harris and Stevenson just because of all the attention that might get paid to the Patriots run game. Speaking of run game, Samantha, we had no shortage of running back injuries and I'm talking important ones okay guys that are starting not like Mac Jones in your QB2 necessarily but I'm talking Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings got banged out of that game with a shoulder injury and they got to fly across the pond and go to London next week I'm talking about DeAndre Swift on the surprisingly potent Lions offense along with David Montgomery I know we said the Bears offense doesn't look good but Monty was probably an RB2 on most rosters so out of these three injuries that we heard coming out of week three like which is the most concerning for you and and what do we do in response sure I think at this point based on the early prognoses is uh DeAndre Swift the shoulder injury so that just came out kind of like right before we uh hopped on here that Dan Campbell said he could miss multiple weeks and I don't think uh any of us really thought that this the injury was that serious right so the wow whereas uh Delvin Cook and David Montgomery are kind of listed as day-to-day right now so uh, to your point though with Delvin Cook there's a good chance that they're not going to have him fly across you know across the pond uh it, dealing with this injury they might give him the extra week to sort of get better and he is an expensive running back to have so it's it's like it's like why would they why would they do that to their investment um so sure I think like for this week all three of those guys are in jeopardy of missing the game the only reason that I say DeAndre Swift is more concerning is one because he's probably been the best of those three and two because it looks like he could miss multiple weeks versus just one week Yeah, absolutely. And to be quite honest, what's interesting with both Swift and Cook, I would say that their backups, their handcuffs, if you will, Alexander Madison and Jamal Williams are probably on rosters already. You know, those are high end handcuffs that probably did get drafted. So if you're down Cook, if you're down Swift, you may have to think about not only the waiver wire, but the trade market going into week four. I'll also let people know Trent Williams and in San Francisco, Rashawn Slater with the Chargers. These are two like Pro Bowl caliber offensive linemen that got banged up. We've been talking about the Chargers offense and the Niners offense. Big time implications when those, you know, offensive linemen go down as well. But let's turn I mean, you attention. can see it oh, in the game. Like, like I was oh, just going to see it in the game on Sunday night after Trent Williams went out. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that offensive line felt like it totally fell apart. So it, it's not like I think the Broncos have sure. this amazing pass rush. So uh, it, <laughs> It certainly will affect the 49ers. It's going to give him less. It's going to give Jimmy G less time in the pocket to make decisions. So, I I mean, I already they're already dealing with some things. And that was just another thing that just kind of adds on to the pile. Yeah, and I mean, over with the Chargers, anybody protecting Justin Herbert right now is obviously important, given the nature of what Herbert and that Chargers offense is going through. 
Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over under. For example, rushing yards and a football number or points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. But Samantha here on Fantasy Flex, let's turn our attention to week four. We're riding the waiver wire. We talked about some injuries. We talked about some people that were panicking on when it comes to the quarterback position. Let's say maybe you did have Mac Jones in a two quarterback league. You are ready to throw Russell Wilson into the dumpster fire. That is the Broncos offense. Like where might you pivot to? Who are some quarterbacks you'd be looking to grab on the waiver wire? Yeah, unfortunately for the two positions that I think are people are leanest at right now are the two positions that are also leanest on the waiver wire this week. So uh, with quarterback, I would say Marcus Mariota from the Falcons, 22% rostered. He was a fringe QB one sort of streamer option going into the week because of the matchup and his rushing potential. Uh, He did end up with a touchdown through the air and on the ground. I mean, he he wasn't, he didn't blow us away, but he was the QB 15 for the week. He has not scored under 15 points through three games, which is, you can't say that about uh, as many guys as you think. Like we went into the season, think about this, like thinking that the quarterback position was so deep. I was telling everyone, Hey, you can wait. Like it's, 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 it's deep. You can wait to to get Trey Lance. You can wait to get whoever, you know, like QB 10, QB 12. Like there's so much value to be had. And right now, like it is looking scary. Even the guys that like we're picking up on the way where Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz had a Carson Wentz game and (laughs) he disappointed. So uh, Marcus Mariota is definitely an option out there for people who are struggling at the position. I don't love necessarily the next three games. He plays the Browns, Bucks, and 49ers. So that's just something to consider, but I do like his rushing potential there. Um, Jared Goff from the Lions. I mean, he came back down to earth a little bit in that game. It was heartbreaker, honestly, for any of us who watch Hard Knocks. Like, I feel for the Lions, and I kind of want them to succeed. He is currently the QB 18 going into Monday night. I mean, you got to expect his fantasy production to be a little bit erratic. He's, like, in that same scene as... Carson Wentz and Jameis Winston, maybe like, cause you know, like they're guys that we didn't expect to be QB ones and they will have QB one weeks, but they will also have weeks that are not that great. So he gets a good bounce back opportunity against the Seahawks this week. They've allowed 27 points in each of their last two games. So I think that that could be a nice, uh, Add. And then finally, I'm going to say Zach Wilson. Um, yes. all, all signs point to Wilson being cleared for week four. He could be in a really interesting ad if he's not already rostered in two quarterback or super flex leagues. Um, I mean, his rookie camp 
Spain was nothing to write home about. But look, they made some major improvements on the weapons side. They got yeah. first round pick Garrett Wilson, second round pick Brees Hall, and former Vikings tight end Tyler Conklin, who has looked really good through a few games. So I think that that should boost his fantasy value, give him a little bit more of a security blanket. So hopefully he will be a solid QB2 moving forward. No, I like the Zach Wilson call, to be quite honest. You know, people are all over Garrett Wilson. People going into the season thought that Elijah Moore was going to have a big-time pop-off season. You mentioned Conklin. Obviously, Corey Davis is one of the, So if you like the weapons, right, I call it the fantasy herd, Samantha. I don't know if I've ever used this term with you. Some teams are a fantasy herd where you never know on any given week which of the receivers is going to have a good game. And in those situations, you don't take the herd. You take the shepherd, the quarterback of that group. And I think Zach Wilson especially in some negative game script games, people always expect the Jets to be down, could get you some garbage time production to be sure. Let's look at the running back position, Samantha. I mean, we talked about the Dalvin Cook injury, the DeAndre Swift injury, the Montgomery injury. Where are you going to pivot if you lost one of these guys or if, you know, you had Austin Eckler that we're having a panic about? Sure. As I mentioned, it is a lean week for running backs on the waiver wire. I use the 50% threshold on Yahoo. And I will say that Madison is just above that threshold. Right. So he's worth looking like it, just check, but in most sharp leagues, I'm going to say he's probably rostered. Uh, so to your point, that's unfortunate. Um, you can't, it's I mean, hopefully I like you, you say that though, Samantha, you're like, that's unfortunate. If your hand is gone, too bad. Same with Jamal Williams. You're right. It's unfortunate, yeah. but what I are mean, we going to do? Yeah. I mean, so you got to look elsewhere. Khalil Herbert is someone that's also highly rostered. He just makes the cut at 49% rostered. He was near perfect. Uh, David Montgomery exited the game in the first quarter with that ankle injury. He's at 20 carries for 157 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he was the only offense that the Bears could get going in that entire game. Uh, so, I mean, he was a popular waiver ad after week one, kind of fell off the radar last week. So I think he could have been dropped in some leagues. If he's out there, I say he is worth a premium bid for those people in fab waiver systems. Or if, you know, if you have happened to have the top pick and waivers this week, please go get him. He is definitely worth it because I think he has value way beyond just being David Montgomery's insurance policy, because okay. I, I, what I've seen from him, he looks really good. I think that he will carve out a role in this offense, whether or not Montgomery's on the field. And I think that Montgomery, the way he runs all of that, like he's dealing with injuries already. He could expose himself to more injuries. That's just the nature of the running back position. So I think he is definitely worth a roster spot. All right. Fair enough. I don't know, Samantha. I am. Remember, like we said at the top of the show, I am hesitant to take any bears onto my team at this point. But you're right. Herbert certainly ate last week. And maybe as uh, time goes on, he gets more even to a little bit of a split with Montgomery. He also seems to be kind of the receiving back of mm -hmm. the two. And so if the bears are down in games like I expect them to be, he might be the guy on the field just as much as David Montgomery. Let's go to some of the wide receivers here. Now, last week, I know we talked about like all of these Packers were out, all of the Buccaneers were out. And you and I both thought that Russell Gage was going to be that guy. He gets a touchdown. He had like 11 catches or something. I hit you up separately being like, I'm starting him over other players. And it worked. I know you were excited to see Russell Gage actually do it as well. Yet he is still under 50% rostered. Here's what I want to ask you about him and some others. Now, 
is this really sustainable? You know, in Tampa Bay, you're going to have Julio and Godwin come back. Mike Evans will be off suspension. In other places, like I know you have a Cardinals wide out on it. Like we're going to see DeAndre Hopkins back in a few weeks. So how do you balance that in general with a guy who's having a great week, but could only be like a one week wonder based on other people returning to the lineup? Look, I, I don't know if it's just me, but a lot of times I'm only looking in the short term, especially okay. if I'm in this like situation where I need to stream a position. A lot of times I'm just playing the matchups or I only need a guy for a couple of weeks because someone's out this week or whatever it is. So, I, I mean, the thing is, is with Russell Gage, he's a guy that I think for seasons, no one has ever really given him credit for what, what he's done as yeah. kind of like the third receiver on a team, but he's kind of like in that Tim Patrick group where like, he's just steady and he produces when he's given the opportunities. He's just not like the sexiest name. Now to your point, yes, Mike Evans will be coming back from suspension, but there's a number of injuries on the bucks that includes Julio Jones and Chris Godwin, uh, they could be banged up all season. Like we may not see those two concurrently on the field again for the whole season. Like it just, it just feels like, I mean, we saw Chris Godwin for like five minutes and he's gone. Like I, maybe he came back from that injury too fast because I did read that there is a correlation between guys coming back from ACL injuries and dealing then with hamstring injuries. So this could be something that's like an ongoing type thing. Mm. And then Julio Jones is always hurt. So like, that's, that's just, (laughs) that's just like you know Russell Gage is a guy that I think is worth rostering because I don't know that Brady will ever have his full complement of receivers there so he caught 12 of 13 targets 87 yards and a touchdown I mean he there were other receivers in the mix Cole Beasley I mean they pulled him out of wherever but uh but Gage was the guy so I like him um I don't expect him to see 13 targets moving forward but he was involved the week the week before when Evans was on the field so I think that he could easily grab that number two spot until Godwin returns he is a wide receiver three flex especially with the Chiefs Falcons in Tampa Bay on deck um Mm. Moving on to the Packers, the same kind of situation. I mean, we saw Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins sit out, which, by the way, Sammy Watkins coming in for like one good game and then leaving, like having a it's hamstring very Sammy injury. Watkins of him. <laughs> it's so Sammy Watkins. Like it, 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 like, it almost takes a fantasy manager to know that, or maybe a Packers fan, but like that is just what he does. So, I mean, Christian Watson, I don't know that that will be a long-term thing, but Dobbs is the guy that we were really hyping up, right? Like during the free, the preseason, he hadn't necessarily lived up to that hype quite yet, but um, he had an amazing game in week three. And the thing is he's a rookie. Like, I don't know if like people get very impatient. I feel like, especially with rookies, like there were people asking me, should I drop Damian Pierce after, after like week one? (laughs) That was, these are real questions. And like the same thing, like I saw Dobbs get dropped in a lot of leagues just because people were like, oh, maybe he was just a preseason phenom that I, you know, I don't, I don't need him. But it's like, I like this chemistry that seems to be brewing between him and Aaron Rodgers. They have technically a wide receiver one in Alan Lazard, but he's not, he's not Devontae Adams is the point. So I think that like if Dobbs could end up being the two, like it's not a two on a normal team. Like he, he could end up really getting the same number of targets as Lazard and having serious upside on 
that team. I mean, he gets the Patriots, Giants, and Jets next. So it's a pretty good uh, next few games for him. So like those two guys, for instance, like I don't think they're necessarily one-hit wonders. Okay, fair enough. Listen, I mean, Russell Gage, you're right, has kind of been that under-the-radar third wide receiver back when he was with the Falcons. It was the same way. And, you know, if at the beginning of the season, I told you you could have the second-leading receiver on the Green Bay Aaron Rodgers pass offense, you'd take it, right? So it's just about trying to identify who that guy might be, whether it's Watson, exactly. whether it's Dubs, whether it's uh, Randall Cobb, for goodness sakes, or my guy, Robert Choppin Tunyons out of the <laughs> tight end position. But speaking of tight ends, okay, Dalton Schultz, probably down for Dallas. We've talked about others that are kind of, we're panicking about Cole Komet among them in that Bears offense. So if you do need to pivot, you mentioned Tyler Conklin, who has literally been a dependable part of the passing game in New York. Yeah, I'm not sure that I would have thought that they would be dependable Jets pass catchers right. <laughs> at this stage, but here we are because there are actually a number of guys that I'm interested in. Garrett Wilson had a little bit of an off game. I will say he took a really hard shot to the yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's that's not necessarily fair to him, but Tyler Conklin, a guy that has quietly been having a very nice fantasy season, yes. I mean, especially in light of the volatility at the position. Like, you got to understand, to be consistent at the position, that's a very big deal. So he is the tight end four and half PPR through three games behind only Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and Zach Ertz. That is some pretty good company to be in, especially to be like, you know, catching passes from Joe Flacco. He didn't find the end zone in week three, but he was targeted heavily, caught eight of eight targets for 84 yards. Like which tight ends out there are, are getting targeted eight times a game. That is what he's averaging right now through three games. Uh, so the target share has been really impressive. I expect that to continue with Zach Wilson taking over because I okay. feel like Wilson falls into that category of being kind of on the inexperienced end of things. And Tyler Conklin seems like a nice security blanket and clearly he he's an attractive red zone target. So I like him, uh, especially if you are lean at the position, he's a great streaming option right now. 21% rostered as far as other guys, Logan Thomas, he's a guy that I've been pumping up. He did have a not great game. I will say the entire Washington offense had not a great game. Like they were scoreless until a fourth quarter safety. So that's how bad things were for Carson Wentz in company. Um, That said, I think that Logan Thomas will bounce back and Carson Wentz will bounce back. That's just the reality is that there are going to be games that are not great, but Thomas was the tight end one last season on a per game basis. So I like him to come back onto the stream streaming radar once again, Um, And then the last one I'm going to talk about is Jelani Woods. He is actually, he was actually one of my favorite deep sleepers. I wrote about him in the preseason. Um, Okay. This guy is an absolute unit. Third rounder from Virginia. He is 6'7", 259 pounds. Like, could we get him to go play left tackle as well or something (laughs) like that? I mean, he's like, he is Martellus Bennett, basically reincarnated. And scouts say, you know, he has good blocking skills, good hands. All of that seemed evident on Sunday. I mean, in his not to mention that his first two NFL catches were touchdowns. So uh, he really, really wowed me on Sunday. I think that he has the talent and opportunity to take over that position from Mo Ali Cox, who's just been like kind of floating around. Mo Ali, there. Mo problem. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I think that he should be on your fantasy radar, especially in deep leagues and in keeper leagues. But I think like anyone should just keep this guy on the radar because he's talented. 
Yeah, fair enough with Conklin. You know, that would have been my question. As the Jets move to Zach Wilson, would it kind of still be that security blanket, as you mentioned, or does Zach Wilson try to like let it rip a little bit more in this Jets offense instead of being conservative like the veteran Joe Flacco? Logan Thomas. I don't know if I want to see him. I don't don't know. I don't even know if I want to see Zach Wilson let it rip. I'm not not quite sure. But, you know, he's like that gunslinger mentality, you know, so we'll see if he is heavily targeted now that they move to Zach. Zach Wilson. I hope so, because I do think, and you know, I am a Jets fan and I saw even in the preseason, Tyler Conklin being involved in the offense. And honestly, when they signed CJ Uzama in the offseason, when they drafted Ruckert out of Ohio State with their third round pick and signed Tyler Conklin, I was like, wait, how are they going to, you know, have it go around for all three of these guys? But it looks like Conklin is the one that has emerged to be the kind of number one Jets tight end. Logan Thomas is a guy I have always been on. You mentioned kind of his points per game as long as he stays healthy. That's been the hardest thing for Logan Thomas, staying healthy. And now there's something of a herd in Washington as well. I mean, we've talked Dodson. We've talked Samuel. I, I, you know, get lucky because one pass of 50 yards to Terry McLaurin every day saves my fantasy week when it comes to him. And now Logan Thomas in the mix as well. Well, that'll do it for a fantasy flex. I mean, we talk tight ends, we talk running backs, we talk wideouts and quarterbacks. I mean, Samantha, are you getting into the flow of the season? How are you doing in your leagues? And do you think that, you know, I mean, are we just, are we, are we being confident overall? Are we panicking or exerting patience overall? Because I get questions left and right, like you said, ridiculous things. And I keep telling people, it's only been three weeks. Calm down. Even if you're 0-3, even if you're 1-2, you can still make the playoffs, right? A hundred percent. I will say, this isn't a flattering story for me, but when I first started playing fantasy, I went 0-5 to start the season. Now, that's terrible. To be clear, though, I actually had a very good team. It was just like a number of like very, very close matchups or like something would go wrong. So I just believed in this team (laughs) and I just kept rolling it out there. I made some trades. I was diligent on the waiver wire. I mean, the waiver wire is so important. I heard someone on Twitter say something like, if you have a good team, you don't need the waiver wire. And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Nonsense. Like just, <laughs> just tell that to all like the Trey Lance managers. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> In what version of the NFL are there not injuries and bye weeks to consider, <laughs> even if you did nail the draft? That's why you gotta listen to the Fantasy Flex podcast, Samantha, because you're right, the waiver wire absolutely matters and we can take you from one and two maybe in a month or two you'll be seven and three and remember if you have a question hit samantha up we've got the mailbag going on we will check those out and answer some of the best ones on the show moving forward well good luck to your teams samantha for week four and we'll do it again next week here on the fantasy flex podcast trying to make sure people leave no waiver wire guy left unturned